September 23rd, 2022, we're in Masechet Sanhedrin, if you count down in the wide lines, in the widest lines, it's 13 lines down, and the first word on the line, Rabbi, says the Gemara, and if you recall, very briefly, we're in the context of talking about Dor HaMabul, Mishnah had mentioned how Dor HaMabul was a generation which lost their Helek La'olam Haba, and in turn, the Gemara is talking about the reality of such a generation. Gemara at the beginning, as you might recall yesterday, talked about how they fell to wrongdoing. It was a generation in which they weren't rebuked, so to speak. HaKadosh Baruch Hu had no involvement in their self-righteousness and their approach to life and believing that they had it all figured out. The success and the ease with which they were living got to their head and in turn they had no interest in connecting and turning to God. The Gemara then described how they were punished with water for that reason. Kivyachol HaKadosh Baruch was saying to them, you believe that the water that you have in your domain is self-sufficient. You don't need the water of the heavens. It was the words of the Gemara. Do we really need, envisioning Dor HaMabul, a droplet of water from the heavens? Is that what we're praying for? Kadosh Baruch Hu says, let's see if you can control even your water. And as a result, the Ma'ayinot Tehom, the springs of the lower realm, meaning our world, opened up and caused the, um, the, the flood. So as the Gemara onward with regards to the water, why water specifically was used as the way of destroying Dor HaMabul. And again, we're not per se giving reason to the ways of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We're looking at it and searching and seeking a certain lesson we might be able to derive from it, not prescribing or determining this is actually the way of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. this is what he does. Says the Gemara, Biyosei Amar, Dor HaMabul lo nitka'u ela bishvil galgal ha'ayin shedomel ha'ayin sheneemar vayikhu lahem nashim mikol asher baharu. Lefichach dan otan bamayim shedoma legalgal ha'ayin sheneemar nivke'u kol ma'ayinot tehom. Statement of Rabbi Yosef is that the downfall of Dor HaMabul is that they fell prey to Galgal Ha'ayin, to the roundness of their eyes. A description, says the Gemara, of what they did. They took, this is the end of Parashat Bereshit, they took wives or women from all whom they desired, anyone they saw and was desirous to them. That's who they went after, pursued and, so to speak, uh, took over. And in turn, they were punished by something that's similar to galgal ha'ayin, the, uh, the eye. What's similar to the eye? Well, it's water, of course. First and for- foremost, the pasuk describes water, springs, spring water with which they were punished as ma'ayanot. You hear the word ayin in there, which of course is a reference to eye. Furthermore, says Rashi, the ma'ayan, the spring water, its source is so small and round in nature that it's similar to an eye. In other words, if you're to look at a spring and think about its source, where it begins, it's something so small and round, circular, similar to the eye, that's the punishment, midah keneged midah, to dor hamabu. What's the sin? They put out of Hashim, so they took a lot of water. The pasuk 
seems clear without getting into detail, the Pasuk doesn't get into detail about the specifics about what was wrong, but what seems clear first and foremost is this is the beginning of the descent of human beings, right? This is the end of Parashat Bereshit, Barakadosh Baruch, who's looking at existence and having a certain regret, as the Pisukim describe. It appears as if there's a coercion, there's just forcing. The men, the male humans, are just taking over the Beneha Elohim, uh, anyone and anything that they see fit to them. Uh, going after their eyes, today we would say, without a relationship, just dominating. Today we'd probably describe it, and the Torah doesn't say it per se, that it was rape. I mean, the Torah doesn't say that, but the Torah does say anything they saw pleasing, they went after, any women they determined. It's, it's along those lines. There's no Vayisulahim Nashim in the appropriate fashion. It's Mikolashe Baharu, anyone and anything they desire. Says the Gemara onward. Um, okay, so that the full pasuk sheneiman nifkeu. Excuse me. Lefichas danotom mamshad domel galgal ha'ayin sheneiman nifkeu kol ma'ayinot tehom. The Gemara gives the full pasuk. Raba va'arubot shahashamayim niftachus. Continues the Gemara. It's giving a different explanation as to why it's the water. Either it's the water. So yesterday, that's your dominance. You think I'll take. Understood. Understood. And again, and, and Rashi to describe the ma'ayan as the smallness and roundness of an eye. Understood. The first one's certainly easier for me and you to understand. It says the Gemara onward, Amar Dor Hamabul Kilkelu Uberaba Nidonu. Dor Hamabul sinned with the word Raba, and in turn they were punished with the word Raba. First and foremost, in what way? Were they sinning with the word Rabba? The Pasuk says that Akadosh Baruch saw that it was great and manifested and grand the evil of human beings. And that same word Rabba, which was appended to Ra'ata Adam, to the evil side of human beings, it was appended to the description of their destruction, their downfall. Rabbah, the Pasuk that describes the great, grand, and manifest waters which took over the world and destroyed human beings, has Ma'ayinot Tehom Rabbah. What's the overarching message, perhaps, in the context of Rabbah? People who, as we saw described in each of the last two Midrashim, number one, are self centered, number two, are as a result of that, or together with that, going after anything and everything that their eyes meet are people who will envision their life, their possessions, as Rabbah. Everything is grand and everything is theirs. It's a sin which is grand because it's all grand. Their punishment, in turn, will be grand as well. But the word Rabbah is no foreign and unexpected word in the context of people who are amassing and conquering anything and everything they set their eyes on. Says the Gemara, Amar Biyohanan, Sheloshan Ishtayeru Mehem. So it's a fascinating statement. Seemingly tangential, nothing to do with the real storyline over here, but I think there's a real message in this. Says Rabbi Yohanan, there were three springs from those which destroyed Dor HaMabul that remain with us today. What are the names of those three springs of water that remain after the Mabul was already subsided? We still have these three, says Rabbi Yohanan. He mentions the three, the second one being the most familiar to someone who's 
learned some Gemara, Hamete Veria, the Gemara talks in several places about the warm and hot springs that are found in Tveria in Eretz Israel. What's the idea of uh, mentioning or even realizing that three remained? It seems clear to me that Yohanan is seeing and realizing that in anything evil and anything terrible that befalls human beings, there generally speaking, if not always, is some silver lining. It's difficult sometimes to see it. It takes time to see the larger scheme and plan of things. It takes a breadth of vision and understanding in order to appreciate something. But here his statement is, even from a time where all of human beings, all of existence is wiped out from the very same waters, there's something positive that remains. We can even go and bathe in those waters and appreciate those waters. We can use them more than that, not only as something pleasurable, the Gemara has ma'ayanot, the hametevirya, as a therapeutic, as a medicinal type of spring water. We can use it not as destruction of human beings, but as a way of keeping ourselves healthy. It's a certain healthy perspective on life, on understanding the larger scheme of things. Lehavdil, elef havdalot, but oftentimes, maybe inappropriately so, but oftentimes people understand the silver lining and there's very little, little to the Holocaust as the establishment of the State of Israel. If we were to just see it, and it was, as an evil, terrible time for our national, in our national history, we'd be missing the larger picture of things. It's not to say we wanted it in order to merit Eretz Yisrael, Medina Yisrael, but it is to say, well, that is and was a destructive time and look at perhaps one of the ramifications, one of the positive consequences, the statement here of Rabbi Yohanan, I envision along those lines. You don't always, and we'd really rather never having so, but when we do, but when we do is what I'm saying, to realize that as a result of that, there is something that remains positive and we can capitalize on that. I think that's Rabbi Yohanan's statement. More than anything, beginning of Parashat Noah, describes how Kadosh Baruch Hu has determined, this is not a good generation, has become destructive, all flesh on the ground, in the land. What's all flesh? It doesn't say kol adam, it says kol basar. Amar Yohanan, Yohanan's statement, well known, melamed shehirbi'u behema al-haya vehaya al-behema vehakol al-adam veadam al-hakol. It was a time period during which destruction of humanity had come to the point, their self-destruction, to the extent that they were taking domesticated animals and forcing them into acts of relations with uh, wild animals and wild animals to domesticated animals, human beings to anything and everything and anything and everything to human beings. They were crossbreeding anything and everything in an inappropriate way. Of course, the Pesukim and Bereshit Perek Aleph as the creation of each species in this world, as the creation of the trees are brought forth, as the grass sprouts, as each thing comes about, the Torah describes how it was created or came about, leminehu, leminot, according to its species. The continuity of life we know to a large extent as the pairing of species and bringing forth the future of that species. 
when you have crossbreeding of that nature, when you have the inappropriate crossbreeding, well, that's Dor HaMabul, says Rabbi Yohanan, and that's Ki Shchit Kol Basar. It's not just human beings acting wrongfully one to the other. It's the all and every destructive nature of the world, human beings being at the center of it. It's Hirbil. It appears as if they're causing this for one reason or another. Says the Gemara Amor, Amar Bi Abba Bar Kahana Vekulam Hazru. And all you should know, including human beings to a large extent, certainly animals went back to, his statement is, uh, appropriately procreating just within their species. Hoots, except for mitushlemi, except for some bird known as tushlemi. Uh, what's the lesson over here? Not certain there is a deeper lesson over here other than, as Rashi points out, the rabbis were familiar with this bird, which seemed to be procreating with any other thing or any other bird that it came in contact with. The ability to look at that bird and say, you know, this is a remnant of Dor HaMabu. This is the one that didn't fix its way afterwards. Well, there's a lesson in it of itself with that, to be able to look at the world around us and to appreciate things as teaching us lessons. Looking at a bird and saying, you know what lesson I learned from that bird? Because I see that bird jumping from one to the next and all sorts of species of birds. Instead of keeping to its own species, that reminds me of Dor HaMabu. That sets me on a certain straight path, gives me a perspective in Torah. The ability to do so is the ability to live that sort of life that the Hachamim are envisioning for us just from their statements. Kulam Hazru, everything came back, except for, have you noticed that bird? Look at that bird and think about Parashat Noah. Says the Pasuk onward, Vayomer Adonai lenoah ket kol basar Baruch turns to Noah and he says, the end of kol basar, the destructiveness, the destructive nature will bring to the destruction of kol basar. You should know the greatness and terrible great side, in other words, grand wrongdoing and evil of Hamas, of thievery, of stealing, is, is really something we can derive from Dor HaMabul and understand it at a greater depth. Just a moment ago, we saw terrible sins of Dor HaMabul. We can only imagine how much they were committing in terms of sins. And so they were sinning in any and every interpersonal and objective ethical, moral standards, and yet, the Pasuk says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu determines it's time to destroy, to kill off humankind and the world because because they're interpersonally taking from one another wrongfully, because they're stealing, they're committing thievery and robbery. That's what caused the ultimate demise of human beings. Uchtiv, and furthermore, the Pasuk says in Sefer Yechezkel, He Hamas kam lemateh resha, lo mehem velo mehamunam, velo mehem mehem, velo noah bahem. The Rasha in this Pasuk, as it seems to be, is specifically attributing this Pasuk to Dor HaMabul because of those last three words, velo noah bahem. Now those words are not actually saying noah, but it sounds like Noah. Non he and mapik in the he. Noah sounds like Noah. And in turn, the hachamim are going to be doresh this pasuk in Sefi Yechezkel. It's referring to Dor HaMabul. Amar Azar, if you read the pasuk, we had a mate over here. We had some sort of reference to a staff. Milamet shezakaf atzmo 
כמקל ועמד לפני הקדוש ברוך הוא ואמר לפניו, it's כביכול the Hamas, thievery, the attribute, the negative attribute, and of course there is no embodiment of stealing, but we're imagining, you know, I'll give a cartoon character who stands for stealing, stands in front of Borei Olam and says to him, ואמר לפניו ריבונו של העולם, לא מהם ולא מהמונם ולא מהמהם ולא נוה בהם. And it turns to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and says, you know, that you shouldn't be saving from the merit of anything over here, this generation, not them, not their abundance of property, not their children, not even Noah. In fact, that's this next dirashat that the Gemara has over here. Or Noah, by him, even Noah shouldn't be saved in the terrible actions of these people. This is Hamas saying this. This is our cartoon character of thievery, standing up and saying to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Kivyachol, look at what's happening over here. They shouldn't be saved because of what they're doing with me. Says the Gemara onward, Tanya, excuse me, Tanah Dever Bishmael, Afal Noach Nechtach, as we just read a moment ago, so even Noah, even Noah has this gizardin because of the iniquities, the wrongdoings of his generation. He maybe not fell prey in actions, but being a member of a of a, of a, of a destructive generation merits you, unfortunately, the demise that they have as well. He too should have fallen. Uh, in the Mabul. However, he was Moseh Hen Be'ene Hashem, and as a result of the, uh, uh, the, the kindness that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has to him, the ability for God to see in him something more, it's to a certain extent, it appears, it's almost outside of Midat Adin. He should have fallen with Dor HaMabul, but God stretches it a bit because of the Noach Matzachen Be'ene Adonai, Shene'emar, Nihamti Ki Asitim, Noach Matzachen, says Rashi, were Doresh Semuchim. On the one hand, the Pasuk says, Nihamti Ki Asitim, the Pasuk says, I am regretting that I created them. This is God expressing his regret about this generation. And the next word is Noach. So you read it, of course, in Derasha mind, like this, Nihamti Ki Asitim, Noach. I regret making them, and Noah, meaning even though he's a righteous one, even though he's a Sadiq Tamim, I almost uh, can't express a gratitude and a happiness about his existence. He's lumped together with the destructive nature of this generation. Then the Pasuk says, and that Nehama Vakadosh Baruch Hu can be interpreted, the, the Gemara will say, in one of two ways. What's he feeling bad about? Is Nehama feeling bad? Uh, that he did something or that he didn't do something. Ki Ravdimi, when Ravdimi arrived from Eretz Yisrael, his derasha on this was, Amar, Kivyachol, God said, Amar HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Yafeh Asiti, I did right. What was the Yafeh, so Nehama Milashon Nehum Avelim, I'm consoling. God was, so to speak, consoling himself for doing what? Shetikanti Lahem, because I brought forth death and in turn burial in this land. I won't have human beings who will be forever bringing this enterprise called existence down. I have a way of ending this. I feel good about the fact that, of course this is God, so to speak, um, this is God saying, I feel right that I set in place death for human beings. Had I not had death for human beings, this would only get much worse. I have burial plots. I have death that will 
befall these individuals or this collective because of their wrongdoing. My mashma, how do you have in that word, vayinachem, uh, something positive, and the pasuk says in the context of Yosef and his brothers, in that context, it's milashon again, nechama, the same way we have nechuma vilim, we console others, that's the... That's the reference in this pasuk of God's nechamavi'ikadamre. Alternatively, you have the opposite version with regard to God's expression, kivyachol, in that moment. What's his nechama? It's a nechama of regret. What's he feeling bad about? What's he regretting and feeling was inappropriate? V'ikadamre, lo Perhaps I shouldn't have brought forth death for human beings. Perhaps had there not been burial in the ground, we would have been better off. Why so, says Rashi? I would have given them the opportunity to do Teshubah. It's not that we don't have the opportunity to do Teshubah, but if we had longer lives, perhaps, says the Gemara, in the eyes and mind of God, uh, we'd at some point do Teshubah. Death, to a certain extent, cuts off that opportunity. Of course, the pasuk in the context of God regrets and feels bad to some extent that which he uh, wished to do to the people in Ra'ah. The pasuk says, This is, of course, the perhaps the most famous derasha with regards to Noah. It's the, one of the first of Perushe Rashi on Parashat Noah. Pasuk says, Ele toledot Noah, Noah ish sadik tamim haya bedorotav. The Pasuk describes Noah as being a righteous individual, complete and righteous individual, bedorotav, in his generation. The extra word of bedorotav in his generation triggers in the eyes of the hachamim something. That's an extra word. It's teaching me something beyond him just being a righteous, good individual. Amar Hanan, the first of he was a righteous individual in his generation because he was surrounded by evil. It's much easier to be seen as a righteous individual when you're surrounded by evil. It might not be if you were surrounded by Abraham, Isaac, and Yaakov or other righteous ones, an, an individual who's known as a Sadiq. However, when you're surrounded by Maleahar, it's Hamas. When you're surrounded by Kishhit Kolbasar, so you're a Sadiq. There you are, Eli. Almost as if you read a No, I'm just kidding. You and Resh Lakish. Resh Lakish says, if he's around a generation of evil wrongdoers and he's still righteous, all the more so if he was in a generation of righteous ones. Uh, more than anything, before we read quickly the mashal of each of them, the Gemara is describing how it's too complex and difficult to define a human being just by their actions. Now, we talk about this at this time period all the time, very appropriately and necessarily so. To understand yourself as a Sadiq Rashan Benoni is not just uh, the amalgamation, the collection of the deeds that you've done one way or another. It defines who you are. How do I know who I am? Very difficult to define who you are. You may have uh, found yourself in wrongful circumstances and you were driven against your will to do things. You may have found yourself in the opposite situation. To define Sadiq and Rasham Benoni is very difficult. We don't live in a world where there's that parv situation where you can actually envision well, what would you do? All things being equal. All things are never equal. But that's the description of Noah either as Sadiq Bidorotav or Kol Shikim Bidorot Ahirim. Says the Gemara briefly, Kahat. Say it. In this generation, what It's an interesting question. Why doesn't it say Bidoro, says, uh, says Nathan? What's Bidorotav? 
appears as if we're talking about more than one generation. I'm not certain. I do know the generations leading up to Noah were also evil, so unless it's Vidorotav. Oh, interesting. All right, the suggestion of Mr. Shemali is that it's the generation afterwards as well. Even though we're talking the beginning of Parashat Noah, he's suggesting it's Dorham Mabul, the generation that he's living in and which is destroyed, and then the after generation, which is perhaps even worse, or just as bad, Dorham Palaga, who constructed in Bereshit, Perek Yodalef, Migdal Bavel. Interesting. Let me just finish with the Mishalim. Amar Bihanina, Mashal Derbi Ohanan, the first opinion, who looks at Noah and says, well, had he been in the generation of the righteous, he wouldn't be so special. It's a, it's a, a vessel of wine which is in a storehouse in an area surrounded by vinegary vessels. The vinegary vessels smell terrible. The one that's filled with wine has this ability to stand out and smell better than it would smell had it been separated from them. But the contrast to the vinegary vessels makes it smell better. That's the bedorota velo bedorot hasadikim. Amar bi osha'aya mashal deresh lakish lemahadavar dome. How do I envision the resh lakish description of the kol sheken? All the more so if he was in a generation of the righteous one. Litzlochit shel plaiton. It's like uh, some sort of utensil which has within it uh, some sort of dish that has on it um, uh, good smelling besamim, uh, a good smelling perfume or uh, something that smells good. Shehayetamunachat b'makom hatinofet. It's in an area this uh, perfume, that's the word I'm looking for, it's a perfume is in an area filled with filth. As a result, in the place of filth, it certainly smells delicious, but if you were to move it into an area which has pleasant smelling items, it would all the more so enhance the smell of that circumstance and situation. Um, and in turn, the Gemara leaves us with a the enduring lesson as I'm telling you is not so much for us to determine who was Noah, it's better yet for us to determine who are you, to understand that your actions, either wrong or right in the past year, in your life in general, are not to be determined per se just by what you've done. The question is who you are. The determination of a character, Sadiq Rashan Benoni, is so much more complex than just counting up deeds. That might make up the bedrock foundation of who you are, but ultimately speaking, his definition of who you are is something that has a certain depth. It lies at the core of your character and soul.